designer. My name is Jake Van Ness from Graphic Precision, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl, from Holy Carp Design. Hey, Carl, how you doing? Morning, Jake. How you doing? Good, good. How was your Had fishing? Had a week off, which was nice. Fishing was awesome. Um, beautiful weather. We were up on Lake Champlain. Didn't catch as many fish as we normally do, but we did bring home a nice four-pound salmon, and that was very, very tasty. So, so I'm, I'm guessing you didn't fish with the crocodile Dundee method of dynamite? No, they kind of frown upon that when we uh, are in tournaments. I hear it gives you uh, explosive results. Uh, it Oh, 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 going with the dad joke. Really? Yep. <laughs> Just, you know, why not? Uh, so it's it's been an interesting week for both of us. Um, we've both been really crazy busy. So we're going to just jump into things today. What do you have for design news? That's a good question. What was my design? Oh, yeah. Um, so I've been playing around with Adobe Spark because I'm trying to find different ways I can help my clients build out their brand and use advertising and all that. So I think Spark's a nice, quick way to build some social media um, content including videos and presentations and that kind of thing. So I was playing around on my computer, and then I'm like, uh, what if I'm on the road? So I go to look at it on my Android, and I see that it's not available. This was like two weeks ago. And it said coming soon, so I signed up. I think it was just two days ago. Uh, the beta version of Adobe Spark is now available on Android. And this is kind of just photo manipulation at this point, but it is... Uh, in beta and it's free so it's worth downloading and it's uh, trying to play with it um, it's called spark post I don't know if that's the same that's on um, on the uh, iPhone but it's something worth playing with and I'm looking forward to trying it out yeah I've actually been using the the iOS version for a while and yeah it is there's a couple different sparks there's spark video spark post spark page Spark post is more for your Instagram posts, your Facebook posts, stuff like that. And I actually built, if you look at the image for Monday for last week, the Gone Fishing one was actually built with Adobe uh, Spark post. So that was actually built with that for that image. I use it quite a bit for my clients and for myself when it comes to Instagram posts that I want to put text with or a Facebook post that I want to put text with or have some manipulation and what i love about it is how it changes the size quickly and it's easy to change the text you have all different fonts you can use all different styles you can use and then they have a lot of templates too that is, i find really help is there a way to kind of build out your own templates or build out templates for the community just to add to it yeah there are and they're actually there's a paid version that you can actually have your icon on it and i haven't quite figured out how that all works because sometimes my spark posts don't have icons on them that say spark sometimes they do and i almost wonder if it's where i do it and how i i have it set up but it is free to use it works really really well and the nice thing is it looks like you're going to get the rest of the spark apps eventually they're going to give you page and video video one's pretty nice because you can do some really short clip videos and put them together quick for your instagram and for your Facebook, actually, that actually is something I want to talk about. Speaking of Instagram, they just launched IGTV. Oh, yeah, IGTV. I heard about this. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting because you could use Adobe Spark Video 
to make these longer form videos right on your phone or right on your tablet. So really quickly, IGTV is Instagram's basically rocket launch at YouTube. Now, a lot of YouTubers are like, there's no way it's going to overtake it. And we all understand that. And I agree because it's vertical video. And there's a lot of people that are really annoyed by that. And a lot of people think it's crazy. But of course, all they're doing is they're taking the Instagram stories and they're changing it so that you can do much longer form. So instead of just being able to do a minute for an Instagram story, you can now do 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a really long video if you want. Unfortunately, what I'm seeing so far is everybody's taking their content that they were doing on stories and they're basically regurgitating it on IGTV as several segments. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is you're supposed to make something long form and not just repeat the same stuff you're doing. But I think that'll change as people get used to it, as people figure out what to do. So I think when you get a chance to use Spark Video, it'll be interesting to see what people can do with that or what you could do for your IGTV account. So that, that's kind of an interesting news for kind of related to what you were talking about. How about you? But there, what was that? How about you? What have you found for news? Um, I actually found something that's pretty cool. Labatt Beer. Now, I live in upstate New York, and Lake George is a massive lake that is about 20 minutes north of me, and it is absolutely gorgeous. It's considered one of the most beautiful lakes in all of America, definitely of New York State. It's a big tourist attraction. It's really well known. So but what Labatt Blue is doing is they're actually featuring a basically a painting or a vector drawing of two Adirondack chairs and the location of Lake George. So Labatt Blue is actually featuring Lake George on their cans. And I thought that was a really cool, really hyper local design thing that's happening with their beer cans. So we'll, we'll link to these news items and... We'll uh, put the, all this stuff in the show notes under rookiedesigner.com RD166, because this is episode 166. So that's our design news for today. Why don't we jump right into our subject? And what did you want to talk about this week? So as I am continuing to work in growing my business, I am seeing some of my more reliable work, my retainers kind of begin to wind down so i'm like oh crap i've got to find new work and you know they they say when you're building your business you always need to be looking for new work and that's uh for us the best way is through referrals referral based business that's kind of what they preach at bni you know across the country and across the world so i thought we might talk about referrals and kind of how we might find them and how we might respond to them and you know any warning signs perhaps too yeah i think as anybody who's listened to these episodes knows we're both in bni we're both very high praise for bni both proponents for bni because that's what bni is bni is a referral networking group and let's start with something that i think a lot of people misunderstand what is the difference between a referral and a lead? When it comes to BNI, they basically, the way they look at it is they want referrals. And what that means is they want a warm introduction or a face-to-face -face introduction or a situation where you really kind of know that that person that you're saying, hey, you should go talk to this person really does want you to talk to them. It's not 
and, and we, we get into asking for specifics in BNI, like I'll ask for a specific business owner or, or a specific business. Whereas a lead, the way I look at it, and I think the way BNI looks at it is somebody says, hey, I'm looking to do design work for restaurants. And somebody will be like, oh, I heard this one's opening. Now, they're not saying, hey, I know the owner to this new restaurant. They're just saying, oh, I read it in the paper or I saw on Facebook that this new restaurant's opening. Maybe you should go talk to them. So that's a lead. That's not really an introduction. That's not really getting information that pushes you in front of that person. So I think that's something a lot of people have a misunderstanding what the difference is between a referral and what the difference is or what difference is between a referral and a lead. There's lead groups. A lot of chambers have lead groups, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle in leads groups because it's not, here's so-and-so's name, their phone number, I talk to them about what you do, and they're interested in talking to a designer, and here's their information, and I gave you, I gave them your information. That's how a referral should work. Or, hey, you're at a mixer, or you're at an event, or you're even at lunch, or, the, or you go out with somebody, and they walk up to this person and say, hey, I heard you're looking for a designer. Here's Jake. Nice to meet him. Here's Bob. This is who you should talk to. And you make that in-person introduction. Where again, a lead is just, hey, I saw a restaurant so-and-so is opening. You should go talk to them. So when... When you get a referral, what is what are the, some of the steps that you take once you have that referral? So it actually just depends on who and where the referral may come from. So there are these um, boards such as Alignable. I'm not sure if you're a member of that group. Um, yeah, yeah, I am actually. Where it's kind of an online board where people are looking more for referral type uh, leads, so to speak. No, referral type um, business. And, you know, you, if it comes from Alignable, I don't know any, like, there is no personal relationship with Alignable. So when you get a referral from that source, you're going to have to go and qualify that referral more. Um, you know, it's kind of more, I don't know, it, it, it may be a lead based off what we're, the benchmarks we're setting up. But um, people come to Alignable asking for specific services so you know they're ready to buy and I'm that's almost to the point where hey this is a referral because they these people are ready for this service um, that's one of my qualifiers on leads and referrals as well um, if they're ready to buy uh, but when I get a referral from someone else who I know and it comes in I I talk to the person that's giving me the referral first and find out um, the qualifications of the project if they know anything about the scope or anything about the person that they're referring to me I ask a few questions about how they approach their business where they're at in launching this business or, or where they're at in growing their brand um, and then I find out what that relationship between the two people that are giving me the referral and the referee just to see um, how personable I can be with that person hey can we talk and so-and-so referred me to you um you know that yeah i i think that's it is important to qualify almost and we have it in bni we have levels we have one through five what they call hotness of how how warm is the lead how hot is the lead and or sorry i keep doing that how hot the referral is and whether they again if they're ready to buy I think that's a good way to qualify that. I think you're right about Alignable is that 
a lot of people that use Alignable are, are already doing the research and are looking for something specific where sometimes with Facebook, I feel like it's a little bit cooler of a referral. Like I recently had one where somebody messaged me out of the blue, somebody I'm not friends with. First of all, I'm very skeptical with that because of all of the spamming and stuff that can happen. But usually there's a trigger word in there that says, hey, you know, so-and-so told me I should talk to you or something like that. That's I consider that a referral because they've now reached out to me and they've said, hey, I'm interested in talking to you. So that's, you're right, you have to qualify who it's coming from, where it's coming from, and, and how approachable it's going to be. And a good example is um, that Facebook situation where they they come to you and they say, okay, I'm, I'm like, for example, this one was like, I'm looking to do a book and I'm looking to have somebody print it. So right there, I, I knew that obviously the person who had referred me knows that I'm a print designer and knows that I can get the, the book printing done. So I already know that they've kind of qualified that person as well. And then also it coming from BNI tends to be a stronger referral than somebody randomly referring me, someone who's not a client or is a friend or something, because they may not understand my business as well as the people in BNI. Because BNI, obviously, we have the one-on-ones and we have meetings and stuff like that. So they better understand. So when a, qual when a referral comes from BNI, it's at a much higher quality and more qualified than, say, it coming from Alignable or coming from a direct contact point that I don't really know the person. Right. And so, you know, having that conversation first with the person who's referring you is good to just kind of get a feel for their, the level of heat in that project. So I did have one of my BNI um, friends actually refer me on Facebook by tagging my name. So that comes, I have it notify me whenever I'm tagged in something on Facebook. And, you know, we were talking about the triggers of, you know, how quickly do we respond? Well, for this one, I was tagged and I was at my computer. So I actually reached out to the person right away. And since we weren't friends, I messaged him on and we became friends. Uh, so that we could chat back and forth. And I, I kind of qualified it. It did start out as a lead, but this guy is kind of ready to buy. So once we find out that they're ready to buy a service or something, uh, a lead can become a referral very quickly. It's It starts with a little bit of a conversation. But I found out he just wants to buy apparel with his logo on it. I can help print broker that service for him. Or I can take that and I can make this lead that was a lead to me an actual referral to one of the print providers within BNI. Yeah. And yeah. it's all based off this conversation. Um, so sometimes when when you, once you start talking to the referral directly, that's the next step to see if you can actually provide the service and make sure it's a service that you can provide to them at a scale of, you know, making sure that they're going to know, like, and trust you at the end of the the project. Yeah, I think that's something that's important because as well as I was saying, people in BNI understand my business or my close friends understand my business. Nobody understands my business as well as I do and understands what scale I can do and what I can handle. And you're right. There may be things where you say, okay, this came in to me as a referral, but now maybe I need to refer it to somebody else. And a perfect example is even though it's clear cut that I don't do web design and we have a web designer in 
BNI, somebody might refer a person to me thinking that they need a graphic designer and it turns out they really wanted to set up a website. So yeah, then you bounce that referral to the next person. Or like you said, with clothing or even even if I'm print brokering something, I, I may send the person directly to the printer to kind of make it easier on me and make it easier on them. So that's a referral that way. So yeah, the referrals that come to you aren't always always once you have to take care of it, you have to do yourself. You may need to push those on to somebody else. You also may get referrals that have a lot of red flags. I mean, I've, I've had situations where I'll get a referral and somebody is all gun ho and ready to buy and we have the initial conversation and then it's two weeks and I'll hear from them. To me, that referral is not worth chasing because if they were truly ready to buy, they would continue that conversation. And I don't have time to chase referrals that aren't, aren't going to be ready to buy. Doesn't mean I don't follow up a month from now and just say, hey, you know, we had a conversation, but I'm not going to sit there and email them every week and say, hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because that's wasting my time where I could be spending on other referrals that are, are better for me. Right. And the the thing is to make sure that you're doing the work that makes you most edif- like most fulfilled and that you provide the service that is the highest quality for that client because the life of a referral it starts with hey can we work together um i'm i'm the person that's making the referral is putting their reputation on the line on behalf of you so you want to make sure your reputation carries through for the life of the project because towards the end of that project there's going to be another ask of that client and what would that be that that would be asking that client to then talk about what you did and and possibly get you referrals, and right. that and that becomes a tier two, yeah referral because now somebody you worked with is now referring somebody to you in their network, and that's we all know business is all about who you know, and once you develop that relationship with that new client, everything goes well, they're happy. You need to ask. And I think that's for a lot of business people in general, but I think a lot of designers fall short. They don't ask their clients when you're done for another referral. They don't say, hey, I'm glad you're happy with the work that I did. I'm glad that the project went really well. Do me a favor, help me out and refer somebody to me. If somebody says, hey, I need a logo done, think of me. And there's nothing wrong with asking that. That's part of business because B&I is one circle. Now, the way I look at it is you've got the circle, which literally set up in a room sometimes, to those are the people in your network there. Obviously, those the whole idea is those people have people in their personal networks or their business networks that are not in your network. So your circle gets bigger. Well, every time you have a new client and you, you have a satisfied client that can go out and talk about what you do, that's adding to your network. And I know... For example, we have a landscaper in our BNI group who has some tier seven, tier eight level referrals because obviously he does a lawn or he does a landscaping for somebody. They go tell their neighbor. He does it for the neighbor. That neighbor goes and tells somebody in a different neighborhood. And that guy tells somebody at the school he works at. And that guy goes and tells somebody at his office. And it just keeps growing from there. And that's why referral networking works because you can eventually go out 
10 tiers and you grow your network that way. So that's why it's really important to ask your, your clients for those referrals. Now, what are some odd places that you might be able to find referrals? I can think of one right off the bat. No, go ahead. I'll have to think about that for a second. All right. So one is I'm always in a coffee shop, uh, a particular coffee shop that I link on Facebook all the time. I know the owner and she knows me and she can refer business to me just by that. But I also uh, have a presence in this coffee shop and ta-da, someone from B&I um, works over there sometimes too and he also knows the owner. So we chat and that's how I got the new Tavern logo project that I am working on. By the way, we just landed on the logo. That's a big celebration. <laughs> good, good. Um, so there's being familiar in a space, go to these places where you may know the owners or befriend the owners. I also have visibility in a local, another local tavern around the corner where I'm actually going to meet with uh, one of my BNI cohorts um, at noon, which 45 minutes from now, because we're going to talk about business. And the, the wait staff there knows me as a familiar face. I go there twice a week for breakfast. I talk to them about what I do. I wear my holy carp shirt as if I'm a tradesman. And it makes them laugh and ask, what do I do? And then I kind of talk to them about it because I know that this place is both a truck stop and a place where the tradesmen go because I see their, their trades trucks out there all the time. And those are the types of clients I want locally. So become familiar with the place, get to know the staff. You can get referrals just being there, you know, presence, you know. And, and speaking of presence, and actually I just thought of something. I, I just took down a display that I had up at my local bank. And I didn't come up with that idea. The, the banker that's in our BNI group said to me, hey, why don't you come and set up a table with your, your vertical banner and leave it here for a little while. And it's helping her get referrals for me. Because now people are like, oh, wow, whose stuff is this? And that's a conversation starter for her. And she's probably sent me four or five referrals just based on that display over the last month. And, and then, that, that's because it's having that presence there. And the play within the play on that is that there may be other businesses that want such displays. And haha, that's what you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that is. That's funny. That is exactly because I had the landscaper come to me and he's like, all I have are these cards. And I was like, well, then we need to come up with something else for you to put on that table. So, yeah, it ended up turning into business with that. Yeah. So it, it is very much referrals can come from anywhere, but I think it's the strongest ones are the ones where you have relationships with people and have built strong relationships that so that they understand what you do and Anytime you know they're coming from that person and they're coming from that group of people, you know they're much more qualified than, say, somebody walking down the street and just randomly says, hey, so-and-so wants to talk to you. One of the biggest, biggest, biggest frustrations for me, and I want people out there to realize that this is important. When it comes to referrals, please get me their information. It is is a big pet peeve of mine when somebody says, oh, I talked to so-and-so from this business and I gave them your business card and they're going to call you. 90% of the time, that is not a strong referral. As soon as I hear that and they don't hand me any information, 
I consider that a very low tier, a very, very cold referral because now I'm depending on that person that I don't know and I have no information for to reach out to me. I prefer, and I try to do this for people that I give referrals to, get a business card, get a name and a phone number, get a website, something that that person, such as myself, can then say, okay, it's been three or four days since they told me they talked to this person. Now I can reach out to that person, and, and it's not a cold call, because I can start the conversation with saying, hey, I'm Jake from Graphic Precision. A member of BNI told me that they had talked to you about my business and that you may be interested in marketing. That makes it a much warmer conversation than cold calling somebody. But I can't do that unless you give me that information. It drives me insane. And I, and I harp on this all the time at BNI because people do that. They're like, Cause, and it even says it on the referral slip. Gave, gave your information to the person. I don't think that should even be on there. That should be assumed that you gave them the business card. It should say, here's their information, which it does have space to fill that out. This is an interesting conversation we were having in our group just this past week. Um, some people you can't get that info for because, you know, they may be lawyers, they may be doctors, and they may have a patient or a client privilege. So... You may have to have them reach out to you, but that's, you know, it depends industry to industry. Um, I well, don't mind if the client reaches out to me, um, but it, it just depends on how well the, my peers sell my service. Well, that's, yeah, I don't mind if they reach out to me. My thing is, I, I almost know that's not going to happen. Right. Because they, they get all excited and they're like, yeah, I'll call them, I'll call them. And then they walk away and five minutes later, they're like, what was I talking to that person about? Why, why was I going to call this person? So back to what you were saying about confidentiality, because I know we've, we've had the discussion too with like counselors and stuff like that. They, they can't give you the information. So what would you recommend a way to fix that? Like what would you, if you ran into somebody and said, okay, you should go talk to so-and-so and they're like, okay, give me their information. And you say, hey, can I have your information so they can reach out to you? And they say, I'm not really comfortable with that. How can you help out the person that you're trying to give the referral to? What could you do? I'm not sure if this applies, but this was kind of one of the other odd ways to find referrals I was going to talk about. And that's running a, a seminar or a lunch and learn or something where you are going to either sponsor an event and participate as graphic designer because you'll design all the assets for that event, whether it's table, uh, maybe you're doing lunch and learn and you do a special menu design. Um, I'm going to do one where, with a memory trainer and I'm going to sponsor doing the job aid and I'm going to put my logo out there. So having an environment where people can kind of approach on their own terms to talk, uh, to learn something, to get something of benefit but also to uh, talk to them, have them approach you. So you can have these open events, these mixers where people are willing to invite their clients. And if the clients are willing to come and just share and network, that's that's one way I'm thinking of. And that, and that ties into what I was thinking with the question I asked is you could basically set up a meeting where the three of you could sit down and you could have a conversation. So that it's face to face. And I think that is the strongest way to do any type of referral 
if you can actually grab a hold of the person you're trying to refer and say, come with me to this restaurant and I'll introduce you to the owner or come to me to this doctor's office and I'll introduce you to the person. Because the minute you can say, hey, so-and-so, this is Carl that does graphic design and you can reach your hand out and shake that guy's hand and have a conversation, that just goes way up on the hotness scale. And now you've actually met the person face to face. You have an opportunity to trade information and that is the strongest referral you can give is that introduction. Yeah. Um, so I think that you got anything else real quick? The only other thing that I was thinking is kind of another prevention to, um, to uh, trigger, to go against the warning signs. And that's uh, when you set up your project with a client that you have no history with, definitely get a deposit for the project. It'll tell you how serious they are about the work and make sure you put into the contract that that deposit is either non-refundable or partially refundable. You know, you got to work in your payment terms, but if they're serious about the project and if they know, like, and trust the people that referred you, um, they shouldn't mind building, uh, paying out some bit of a deposit for the project. And to add to that, people buy based on emotion People buy based on relationships. That's why referral networking works. It's all about relationships. So treat people well, treat your clients well, treat the people that are referring you well, and you will shine, they will shine, and that relationship will get stronger. So that's why referral networking works. And if you have the opportunity to join a BNI group or even just visit a BNI group to see what it's all about, Carl and I both highly recommend that you do that. It's an awesome opportunity to just see how referral networking truly works. So let's jump into the last part of our show right before you got to go to lunch. What is your Wookiee recommend, recommendation this week? Wookiee recommendation. Um, if I spoke in Wookiee, no one would understand me, especially the Wookiees, because I can't chirp like that. Um, uh. My recommendation is Together is Better, a little book of inspiration by Simon Sinek, best-selling author of Start With Why and Leaders Eat Last. Um, a lot of my work is in the leadership training business, so I'm always looking for ways to grow my knowledge within that space. That's why I recommended Naked Sales previously by my two of my clients. And for this one, um, this is a book that kind of goes in the vein of the work that I've been doing lately, where it's all hand-drawn and it's approachable. And it's basically um, a children's book, uh, as far as the illustrations go, uh, with adult lessons. Um, and those lessons are summarized at the back of the book. Um, and these adult lessons are business-type lessons. So how to work work better together, you know, what how to get your goals, how to set up your goals. So I'm looking forward to reading through this and then this will become my door prize for my next presentation where I'm actually going to be talking about leadership training and what I've done in that space uh, at nice. my next B&I presentation. So. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'll have to check that out. So my recommendation is the, basically it's, it's a hub on the internet called InDesign Secrets. InDesign Secrets is run by Anne-Marie and David. Um, they're both wonderful people. They are the people that run the Creative Pro conference that I went to in Atlanta. And actually, the one just happened a couple weeks ago in New Orleans. This 
hub is basically a lot of stuff that has to do with InDesign specifically. Um, if you're an InDesign user, you will absolutely love this website. But it has a magazine associated with it. There, there is a membership that you can sign up for. It's not real expensive. I think it's like 60 bucks a year. And it gets you every issue of the InDesign magazine that's ever come out. It gets you access to back-end stuff, that, like conversations and things like that. Like almost like a, a forum. Um, okay, yeah, it's $60 a year. And you basically get a tip of the week newsletter, you get free InDesign templates every month, you get Ask the Expert, I cannot talk today, Ask an Expert forum, you get a free ebook, which is the top 40 InDesign secret tips, and you get fewer, fewer ads on the website, which I thought was cool. But I, I highly recommend it if you use InDesign at all, especially if you're a beginner using InDesign, this is a great way to expand your knowledge and really learn how to use InDesign really well. There's also a podcast that David and Anne-Marie do that's called InDesign Secrets Podcast that I highly recommend you listen to if you use InDesign. Now, it's not just InDesign. I mean, they talk about Photoshop, they talk about Illustrator and some of the other Adobe products, but the idea is it's pretty much focused around InDesign. So again, if you use InDesign in any capacity, I highly recommend you check it out. It's InDesignSecrets.com. Very nice. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. you got to run to your lunch meeting, and i got to make some EDM drop-offs. So, and if you want to find us, you can find us at RookieDesigner.com. There you will find basically all of the links to social media for us on Facebook, um, us on Twitter. Um, you can also find all of the show notes um, again, the show notes are based on episodes. So this one is rookiedesigner.com slash rd166. Remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star.